0: Hey there, I'm Marjorie Stiegler, and you're listening to the Career Prescription Podcast where we tackle the important things they don't teach you in medical school, like how to treat your career like the business it really is, with strategies to accelerate the kind of success that you want because you deserve a career you love and a career that loves you back. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome back. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about things that your resume and your cover letter can do for you that your CV cannot. This is very, very important when you're thinking about either switching careers or really moving on up the chain to leadership roles that involve quite a bit of non-clinical work, executive level administrative work, where you are really being judged or, or evaluated based on your leadership and your your demonstrated capabilities and accomplishments, not on the sort of bread and butter uh, work that is uh, that goes with being a a clinical physician. So uh, I have already talked on this podcast about some of the important mindset shifts around your resume and and a little bit about how to do it. This is something that we were really digging into just this past week in industry insider in my course. And I was also uh, playing around on clubhouse this morning, doing a live discussion on this very topic. So if you happen to be on Clubhouse, um, come check out my club. It is called Non-Clinical Doctors. Easy to find. And I'd love to have you uh, join and follow and even uh, participate in the conversations. It's it's really a fun space. Okay, so let's get into the meat of this discussion. Uh, Let's first tackle what your resume can do that your CV cannot. And then we'll talk about what your cover letter does that your resume does not. So first and foremost, you've got to recognize that your resume is much, much more of a marketing document, whereas your CVE is just an exhaustive list of everything that you have done. And it's usually in a very specific um, and specified format that will vary from institution to institution and has very little flexibility in terms of you know what goes where, uh, you know what order it goes in, what you need to include, what you can include. So it's a very different kind of document. Your resume, on the other hand, is really more of a um, a persuading document. It's a marketing document. Its purpose is to get you an interview. And then once you're in the door and having that interview, ideally its purpose then is to act as a springboard for conversations about the kinds of things that you have done. That's really important because you don't list everything on your resume. You have an opportunity To curate what goes on your resume, you have an opportunity to really pick and choose the things that are likely to be most relevant to your prospective employer. And again, that's a key difference because your CV is supposed to have everything and any gaps of any kind are supposed to be explained, but your resume is intended to persuade the hiring manager and recruiters potentially, or the HR screeners or whomever is looking at it, of uh, your transferable skills and your fit that what you have done in the past has well prepared you to be a successful candidate in this current role. They don't want to know everything you've ever done and indeed that will just be confusing because there will be so many more dots to connect about whether or not you uh, are are suited to the job and you could be a successful candidate. And I'm well aware many of my listeners who uh, aspire to transition do not have a lot of the core skills they don't have prior uh, pharma experience prior medical device experience they don't have a lot of prior non-clinical experience and that's okay that's totally fine it's just important to really paint that picture of your of your competence and your ability to do a good job and of course This requires a lot of homework. It's outside the scope of this episode, figuring out what those skills are and understanding how to articulate your own transferable skills in a way that really matches your employer. Uh, That is important to do. And once you've done it, you want to be sure it shines through on your resume. And so it's very, very important to pull out uh, and prioritize, really curate the items that are of most interest uh, for your resume in general, so especially so you can get it down to that appropriate length. But we don't get it to the appropriate length by making the font small and cramming a bunch of stuff in there. We make sure that we really understand what belongs in there, what level of detail needs to be in there, and importantly, the level of impact, the magnitude of effect of what you've accomplished or what you've done, uh, the competencies and your sort of professional story your professional journey. This needs to come through in the resume. One of the things that's quite different from a resume as compared to a CV is the opportunity to include a professional overview section or professional summary section. This goes at the top. This is different uh, than a CV, and it's usually about three to five sentences long, sort of a, a short paragraph. And in this short paragraph, you are describing yourself in exactly what it sounds like in a summary. But the great part about this that, that you really want to take advantage of is this allows you to pull items that are buried deep in your resume or in your CV and put them on your resume in a way that will get a lot of attention. A person ought to be able to get a pretty good idea about the totality of what you bring to the table just by reading that summary statement. So, as a clear example, when you think about the format of a CV, if you have done committee work, that's likely far, far at the end of your CV. If you've had some really particularly special uh, presentations, they're probably buried in the middle of all of your regular lectures and presentations. And unless someone is reading carefully, they might not understand uh, the the prestige of the locations or possibly the national or international reputation that you have. Even if you've gotten awards, those are also likely sort of buried far uh, many pages deep. Your education uh, while it comes at the top of your CV is often further on down in your resume and so this is a chance to really pick anything that you want to bring to attention and put it at the top all uh, together in a sentence. So you can put things in a sentence that will string together you know your board certification, your particular clinical specialties, your years in practice if that's relevant and important, as well as things like being a committee chair or member. And if you've done a lot of that, then you might say you have a long demonstrated track record of leadership in national committees or something like that. That's different, right, than a list of all the committees. If you've been a board member or worked with a nonprofit, it's an opportunity to put that up at the top again, uh, particularly if you think that it's relevant. I mean, the, the top ought to be Um, Not a summary statement of every single thing that you've ever done, but the things that you think really demonstrate the most important and most uh, transferable skills, again, for that future employer. And so putting these kinds of summaries together, always in the context of the job that you want and always describing the way in which those really make you suitable for that job, um, that is a way to really make an impactful statement to really market yourself, sell yourself uh, to the person who's likely to be evaluating you. And then because they'll be curious, they can ask you more questions later. They can ask you questions as they get into the details. And then when you're in the interview, they can ask you questions, right? And that is really the goal with that resume. You want it to get you in the door. So the ability to use your resume document to persuade others about you and to really curate what's important And to pull things together and and present them in a cohesive professional overview are generally unique to a resume as compared to a CV. So, those are three things your resume can do that your CV cannot. Now, let's shift gears and talk about the cover letter. This is something people ask me about all the time whether they should still submit a cover letter, do people still use cover letters? And I say absolutely yes do not be dissuaded about your cover letter. You should use a cover letter, even if you don't necessarily know a name of a person that you're sending it to. That's a conversation uh, for another episode. I strongly, strongly recommend that you don't submit resumes or applications through an online portal. It will just go into a black hole. We talk about this at length in Industry Insider, how important it is to find a person to send it to and how easy that actually is once you understand how it works. But for, for this podcast episode, let's really cover... The cover letter and what belongs in the cover letter. People have asked, should I just copy and paste that professional overview and stick it in the cover letter? You could pull out a few things there because certainly, if those are your highlights and you think that's what's most likely to be appealing to your employer, then you may well want to have it included in the cover letter to be sure it doesn't get missed. However, the cover letter can do a few things that your resume cannot. And so, I strongly recommend using this space to uh, convey these couple things if you if you have them so the first thing that you can put in a cover letter that you can't put in your resume is how you learned about the job so sometimes this might be because you follow them in the news and you came you know say on LinkedIn for example and you saw a very interesting post that the company put out about their work which led you back to their to their uh, home feed which then led you to find the job description you may want to mention that because it demonstrates That you're following the news and that you you have a sense of what's going on in the company and that that's what is appealing to you. The other way you might have found out about the company could be a personal connection. So if there is someone within the company who can serve as a reference for you, that is absolutely the place to put it in the cover letter. Yes, it's basically name dropping, and as long as you're um, the person who's recommending you or, or providing a reference for you. Uh, is is comfortable with that? Then you absolutely should do that. It's really, really important to have that personal connection if you have one. This is one of the things that will absolutely make or break it for you. This is one of those things that will absolutely make or break it for you. If you are up against another candidate that has effectively the same level of skill or the same stuff that they bring to the table, if one of you has a personal connection, that person very, very likely will get the job. The other thing to put in the cover letter is how you hope to contribute or how you see that work fitting in in a meaningful way. And I don't mean, you know, how do you hope to contribute in terms of what the tasks are of the job? That's sort of a given. But how do you view the the work fitting in the ecosystem of healthcare, And why do you think it's important in that macro scale? What do you think that you'll be delivering uh, for, you know, for the company or for the for patients, for the good of humanity, for the good of science, how do you feel like that work connects? That's really important. People want to know that you have a sense of, of purpose, not only just of duty, and you're likely to show up and earn your paycheck, but that you have some sort of uh, something that's deeply personal to you that will feel fulfilling to you as part of that work. Um, that is something that everyone will ask you about, especially if you're coming out of a uh, some number of years of clinical practice, people will want to know, why you want to make a change or what appeals to you about it. So you'll want to be able to explain uh, what it is that draws you to that work and how it is that you expect to be able to contribute and also what you expect to to learn and to grow, you know, how this makes you a better professional. So those things belong in the cover letter, but certainly not on your resume. The final thing you may want to include uh, on your cover letter that doesn't belong in your resume is any information about why you are especially interested in that organization. So you've already mentioned why you might be interested in that role. Now you wanna talk about specifically that organization. And so if you visited their website and you know a bit about their mission or their values or their culture or what they describe as being their purpose, if you know anything about how the company was founded or interesting backstory, you know, take a look around and really get a sense for the company. Are they a new company and does that appeal to you for some reason? Or perhaps they're a long-standing, well-established expert in the field and that appeals to you. Whatever it might be, speak a little bit to your uh, feeling of connection with the company. That also belongs in the cover letter, but you can't very easily put it on a resume. So those are uh, three things that your cover letter can do for you that your resume cannot. And we've covered things your resume can do for you that your CV cannot. It does take a lot of thoughtful work to think about the totality of your experience as a physician and all of the things that you have done and to put them into a resume format where you're really sharing your core skills, your core competencies, the things that that you have learned as part of your involvement in all of the things you've done that will make you a successful and attractive candidate definitely that is some work and it's well worth doing but I hope this helps you to think about those documents a little bit differently as you tackle that big challenge and keep in mind that you will want to personalize your resume and your cover letter for every application which shouldn't really be onerous assuming that you're applying in you know sort of similar types of roles and when you do that personalization Keep in mind those couple of things that your resume and particularly this summary statement is your opportunity to really pull out the things you think will be most important to that particular employer for that particular role for what you're applying and in your cover letter again all about personal connections and your why why you're applying for that role why you're interested to work in healthcare in that type of functional capacity and why you're interested in that company i hope this helps you as you go tackling those documents to update them and make them very persuasive very appealing so that you can have a successful application get that interview and get that job Before you go, please review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Your support makes all the difference, and it truly helps this information reach someone who may really need it. Until next time, thanks for listening.